You're listening to the Coach T Podcast, hosted by my dad. Welcome to another edition of the Coach T Podcast. My name is Isaiah Thomas. Appreciate our love and support from my wrestling family. Uh, it's been a labor of love the last uh, year or so, putting this together and being being able to interview uh, some of my closest friends and, and allies through this great sport we know as wrestling. And today, I got the man, the myth, the legend, the director of content for the Michigan Grappler, Mr. J.J. Johnson. J.J., how are you doing on this fine April morning? I'm doing good. I'm a little under the weather. I got a cold acting up, but uh, no, I appreciate the, the kind words and, and you have me on the podcast. It's going to be nice to be on the other side of it for once. <laughs> well, that's good, man. It's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I've always, uh, you know, when I first put this together and put together like a a list of people I wanted to interview, your name was high on that list. So I'm glad that we were finally able to uh, kind of match our schedules and stuff like that to, to make it work. Yeah, no, I, like I said, I, I appreciate it. And um, I, that's, uh, it's awesome to be on. And yeah, no, I was going to ask, um, you know, how, how have you enjoyed doing the podcast so far? And, you know, what, what have you found about it that you like, or that is challenging about it? Well, I guess to answer the question truthfully, from a, from my standpoint, before uh, I started a podcast, you know, I had just stepped down from coaching at Western. I had been there for ten years, five years as a head coach, and I think we all hit as a um, throughout our wrestling journey, we hit kind of a rut. And I and I and I felt from a standpoint that man, I maybe a, I wouldn't say a loss of passion, but just trying to figure, okay, what what can I do different? What can I do uh, a little bit better? to help and support the sport that I love so much. So initially getting into it, like it's been just a trial and error to get better and better each episode and, and ask the right questions and, and get the right, um, I shouldn't say the right answers, but get people's thoughts on things. And one of the things that I've appreciated is every person I've asked to be on the show has said yes, without question. Cause that was one of the things I was really nervous about. It's like, what if they say no? But everybody's like, yeah, no. And and I think that everybody enjoys the format. So for me, it's been a lot of fun. I think the most difficult part of it for me has been um, scheduling and just trying to um, keep it to what the format is, which is really coaches interviewing people about their experiences and then giving people advice at the end. Because I felt like as, as a former varsity coach, there's a lot of... Um, issues when it comes to so one of the things I wanted to do with the podcast in general is kind of break that stigma that guys like a Mitch Hancock or, or Tim Roberts like they're not these guys that are high above in the ceiling or day they have these guys that are high above and they're not going to talk to you like if you have questions they just want to grow the sport so that was one of the things that i wanted to do from that standpoint with the podcast is give um other coaches the tools and access to these guys run into them uh, uh i think podcast and i just had a couple questions so really breaking that stigma but it's it's been fun i i wish i had done it earlier and it really kind of saved my wrestling so to speak. Yeah, no, but you bring up a good point, though. Um, just the fact that, you know, how open in, in Michigan anyways, um, most people are like, like you said, no one, no one has said no to a podcast that I asked to do. And everyone's pretty willing to share, um, you know, any, any tips, insight, anything like that. So um, I guess I don't know if there is, maybe there is that stigma um, that the people, um you know, th- those all those coaches that people maybe think that about, just reach out to them. You know, talk to them, have a conversation with them. They're all they're all awesome people, and and all their hearts are in the right the right place. We have an awesome community of wrestling coaches and people in Michigan. Yeah, and I know also this um, uh, this guy's trying to be this guy. This trying to beat this guy. When you look at some of these power. Uh, top tier programs so to speak like a dcc and davison like it's a rivalry but there's a lot of mutual respect there and their their kids are working out with each other all the time when it comes to travel teams and things like that so it's like a friendly rivalry if that makes any sense and we're talking about two teams that are competing for state titles every year um and wrestling's unique like that where there's not 
ego as there is in other sports. And I think it's the, the combat aspect of it. Um, we all have been there type of deal when it comes to managing our weight, having to win a big match either as an individual or a team or trying to pick a teammate up. And then the through the postseason run, all these wrestlers in your area become like a mini team as they make it through the regional round and hopefully medal at states and people are cheering for you. Experience wrestling at Lansing Everett that the, um, you know, Holt, Grand Ledge, um, East Lansing, Jackson, those schools were, even though we're working out and trying to make to the podium, Russell, we're trying to cheer each other. So hopefully win that match and get to the metal rounds, as they say. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it makes it fun. It's it you have that sense of pride of where you're from and the the region of the state that you're from. And there's even if those guys aren't on your team, there's still people for the most part you grew up watching or competing against, and and uh, you cheer for them too. So um, for me in West Michigan, that's you know I've been following it since eight, and I always have cheered for those guys and. And still do now. And I have a club and I cheer for those guys that aren't in my club just because they're from West Michigan too. So, um, you know, that's, 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 uh, yeah, to, to, I, I would agree with everything you just said. I appreciate it. Uh, one of the things that we used to talk about is how we met. And um, the first time I actually saw JJ was his freshman year in 04. So for those who don't know, I still, these Lansing region and the Grand Rapids region, usually would meet at the individual regionals, okay? So uh, JJ was an outstanding wrestler for Rockford and um, got to watch him wrestle and just one of the slickest wrestlers I've ever seen. There wasn't a position that he couldn't wrestle from and score from and just a real grinder of a wrestler. Fast forward 14 years later, the Boudreaux camp in St. Ignace, and you know what? I need to just go up and talk to JJ. I've never actually sat down and talked to him. And and I remember our conversation very vividly because you actually remember watching me wrestle in high school. And I'm like, wait a minute. How do you remember this little dinky kid from Lansing Everett wrestling at the state finals? Um, <laughs> we're at the, I forget the name of the place that we were sitting at. But we had probably a two-hour conversation just on wrestling and the legacy of wrestling and the historical things from athletes to matches and things like that. So it was really cool to kind of connect with you. And we've been uh, connecting ever since talking about everything going on with, with wrestling and, and, and trading advice to each other. And, and it's been, it's been a great uh, friendship over the last four years. Yeah, definitely. And you talk about me watching you when you have a name like Isaiah Thomas, that's one that, sticks out on the bracket so <laughs> you see that name you're like Isaiah Thomas that's uh that's a basketball name but uh yeah no I, I definitely do remember that at the regionals I think maybe it was at Granville but yep um, yep it was at Granville yeah so um yeah no for sure and I remember that conversation too um up at up at Boudreaux's camp that's uh uh you were at Bay City at the time but um no I, I remember that conversation as well yeah great times great times and then um so, so finally got you on the podcast. So tell me how you got involved in this great sport of wrestling. Sure. Yeah. Um, like most, uh, I had a dad that wrestled. He was a state finalist for uh, Flint Southwestern in 1979. So he's from inner city Flint, but um, he was. Uh, at the time, at the time he's. <laughs> I was... He started out the youth program for the singers and. Um, I went to a couple practices and kind of threw me in tournament and, uh, I went, he would say now that he didn't know if I was going to stick with it. Cause I was kind of a perfectionist and I, I guess maybe still am, but you know, if I was striking out in baseball, I was crying and obviously you're going to take your losses in wrestling. So, um, he, he didn't know if I'd stick with it, but he gave it one last shot. We went to a novice tournament the next weekend, and uh, I ended up winning that tournament. And here I am, twenty-five years later. So, had had that tournament not gone well, probably would not have uh, stuck with it the way I did. So, um, yeah, I was lucky that that he he lowered that bar a little bit, and I got to have some success um, <laughs> early. And then you got you get the medal, and then you know you, you go on to the next one. So, yeah, that's mm -hmm. that's how I got my start, anyways. 
<laughs> well, so and then so high school—that's a great start. So you go high school, go to Rockford, and you're coached by uh, Don Reinhardt, correct? Yep. What was it like being coached by a Hall of Famer like uh, Coach Reinhardt? Yeah, it was um, awesome. He's uh, a legendary coach, and he had been doing it at the time. I mean, so Coach Reinhardt, interestingly, he didn't wrestle. In- uh, played four sports. He's from Holton, and uh, he played four sports, and wrestling wasn't one of them. And um, he was just a, a really good coach. So he coached like almost every. And um, by the time he had been there, uh, twenty five years maybe. By the time I got there, and I get teams all through the nineties, and uh, you know, just a a really detail oriented, regimented um, coach who you know. Every, Every detail of the season and and even our gear, like if you saw Rocker Wrestling on the singlets, yeah, numbers those for organizations on wrestling, you put that <laughs> number eight in a number eight bag, and he has it all. So that's kind of like um, all the way through. But, um, um, Rockford seventh grade, so I came from a different school, Central Mountain. Like I said, where my dad was, uh, mm-hmm. and just just to get a, a better opportunity at uh, maybe a bigger program. And um, I had gone to a Central Michigan camp, and Ben Bennett was, and uh, mm-hmm. just got to got to talking. And you know, Ben's dad said, "Hey, my brother is an All American at John Carroll University. Just moved to Michigan, um, I think from Indiana at the time." And he said, he, "You know, he wants to get into." And um, that was Tom Bennett. Mm-hmm. And so I started training in his basement. There were like four of us um, just just on a little two circle mat in his basement. And that <laughs> was that was the genesis of Michigan Extreme. Mm-hmm. Came out of his basement. So when I saw that, it was like, OK, there's three or four around my size here that are pretty good. And maybe Rockford's a good place to go. So um, my parents made that move down to Rockford and my dad's made that 45 commute 45 minute commute one way for 20 years now so <laughs> so it was, it was a pretty big sacrifice and then um but just having that it was like um you know at Rockford with with coach Reinhardt we, we I think it was maybe a little bit more difficult than you may think because um we kids that came up and maybe Bigger egos and had had done some some decent things coming into high school. He was he was really awesome, um, you know, putting you in you in a year and you're gonna act the right way. And, and um, yeah, he was he was really awesome in that respect. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's interesting you mentioned Ben Bennett, um, who was a three time state champion, and uh, I remember his senior year in the individual regionals. He was wrestling a kid from Howell, and he almost teched him in the first period. He was like one more swipe away from teching the kid in the first period. And the whole crowd's like, oh, and they were <laughs> disappointed. He didn't tech this kid in the first period. I felt bad for the kid. Obviously, he gets teched in, um, like right away at, in the second period. But it was one of those like, I've never seen a kid just like and ride the legs and just brutalize guys on top. Oh, um, trust me. I mean, yeah. the close. And those he big was, tree um, trunks for legs. Yeah, he did. So we we went to there's two uh, middle schools in Rockford, and uh, I actually me and Ben went to different ones. Muslim and yeah, I felt I felt those legs many times. It's uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, the closest I can think of is Nick Simmons riding on top. Like that's how dominant the, the control that you have, Ben. Then you also were teammates with Kyle Waldo, who was a four timer. Yeah. Um, you're like you're just part of some really good teams really good coaching it's just well, amazing I'll, I'll, I'll add in another one there too that and i've talked about on the podcast before but um so we did the michigan extreme thing and, and that thing really blew up for two or three years and then we went out to uh the middle school national duels when i was in seventh grade which were in iowa and um we had the chance to i don't even know how we got it but we got to work out in iowa's wrestling room in carver um, oh my gosh, that's team. amazing! Yeah, so we got to just practice there, and it was like their team was coming in for practice afterwards, and we just got a bunch of autographs and stuff. And there were these two guys that were sitting, sitting off to the side, and um, Craig, Craig Zero, 
who is now the coach at Fremont, um, mm-hmm. and obviously the dad of Brandon, Colin, and Justin, um, just starts striking up a conversation, asks these guys, you know, what are you doing? You know, who are you? And it was Eric Jurgens and Jody Stripmatter, um, <laughs> who were national finalists. And um, right. they were like, well, we're done competing. We're just kind of hanging out, you know, trying to – we're wrestling a little bit, but trying to figure out what we want to do next. <clears throat> Long story short, Mr. Zirup, within like a month or two, had convinced them to move to Michigan and start a club. So um, the Young Guns, which is the biggest club in the country now, or the best club in the country now, um, Spencer Lee, Jason Nolf, Vincenzo Joseph, all those guys, uh, mm-hmm. that, that club was in Michigan for like a year and a half. Um, it, it started in his and then came down to, I think it was split between Cedar Springs and Allegan. But yeah, Jody Stripmatter and Eric Jurgens ran that. And so we got to, to be around them for like a year and a half. And it was, it was unbelievable. So um, yeah, when you talk about coaching, it's like, I've been super fortunate to just have some awesome coaches all the, all the yeah. way through. Yeah. And, and it, it's interesting how, um, we get into a conversation all the time about um, the balance of coaching and talent, uh, you know, which is more important. I think that you need equally both, but I think the, the, it's not necessarily the better talent is, is that talent coachable? Can you develop them to be um, cause, cause not everybody comes in this finished package, so to speak. Okay. Sure. Um, I think back to my time with uh, at Western, when we had the Shaners, they were, the most one of the most talented kids we've had in that program and and they're very coachable too but if we don't work on a a cody oaks to get to that level we don't make it to team states in 2014 you know um those individuals or jacob allery too was another that came in that was pretty good but you work on those guys those are the guys that are the glue guys that really take the pressure off your super talented kids that you know are going to go out there and get points for you these are the guys that need to be in the fight and win a match for you. Sure. I mean, are you talking from like a high school standpoint? Like if, if you're running a high school team? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess talent and, and coaching there's, I would say it's more of like a spectrum you've got um, on, on one end and, and you try not to hold back your better guys, but you also have to develop. So you end up coaching somewhere in the middle and you, you almost kind of lean towards the, the top, um, you know, try your best, but um, you may have to do some more individualized stuff with those those guys that aren't quite there. But also, you got to provide some opportunities for those better guys to get some enrichment. Um, in in my opinion, um, yeah, it's I mean, high school coaching is a whole a whole different animal. Um, there, there's there's so much more that goes into it than people understand, and uh, just just balancing that that whole roster of and the the personalities and as you go through the season and all the things that come up. So it's um. I have, I have nothing but for the guys that coach, you know, those high school teams. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so after your high school career, you go on to Eastern Michigan uh, and become an Eagle. And at the time you were coached by DePorto, right? Yeah. Derek Del Porto was the coach. Um, I was in his uh, first recruiting class um, that, that he came in. So we had a, a really big recruiting class. I think we had 17 freshmen uh, that came in. Um, and he was awesome. He was an awesome coach. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it, it, you know, one other Rockford guy we don't really talk about too much is uh, Jake Derula. Yep. Who was another stud four-time finalist and two-time state. He went up the Eastern too. Yeah. Um, he was, he was there. Jake Byers was there also. Yep. Um, from Rockford. Oh, what a time. What a time. So after you're done at Eastern, where was the decision? Like, where'd you want to go after that? Like, what was your choice of uh, occupation you wanted to get into? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I think I, I, I always wanted to stay in wrestling in some capacity, but there's not necessarily a path to that. Um, that that's, that's carved out. So it's not like, you know, unless you're going to get into coaching at the college level, which, um, you know, maybe for me, I felt like I didn't have the accolades and uh, to do that. But um, so when, when I was done wrestling, I I started helping out with Coach Bolliard's club, um, which was Advantage Wrestling Club, mm-hmm. uh, which was a, a really, really good club in Southeast Michigan. And, um, and, and that's kind of where I kind of fell into. And I was kind of just bouncing around um, occupation-wise, job-wise, and stuff that I was doing. 
And, um, you know, long story short, it kind of ended me or landed me up at Brighton with Tony. And, um, you know, that kind of led into the Michigan grappler thing and, um, you know, how I could, how we could make that what it is and, and, uh, you know, put the time and resources into that to, to make it run and, and make it something that, um, is, is worthwhile and it, you could do it. So, uh, the, to answer your question, you know, what, what did I want to get into? I wanted to, I wanted to stay in wrestling and it was, it's been a process to figure out how to do it. And, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful that I have the resources and opportunities to do that, um, now. And, uh, I'll do it as long as I can, as long as it, <laughs> you know, as long as it makes sense and, and right. I can keep putting out good products and, and, and doing it at a high level. So, <laughs> Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely appreciate it. Uh, Tony and I go way back. Tony Greathouse, uh, he wrestled at Mason when I was at Lansing Everett and, uh, always loved Tony, uh, watched him compete with Michigan state. We've always stayed in touch. And, um, I think one of the interesting, my senior year, uh, my coach was actually going to give me the Monday off of individual regionals. And I said, well, no, I probably should go work out. So I called up, uh, coach Pittman, who was Tony's coach along with uh, at Mason at the Hazar, I have to come over and, and work out with you guys. Like, yeah, sure. And I think I, you know, Mason from my house is about 20 minutes from Lansing's. I go there and I work out, got a great workout. And it was kind of, it was cool to be in that environment because they were, you know, training towards their, uh, uh, a regional championship, get a birth into the state finals and, and being around, you know, having two to three guys to work out with and wrestle with that, that uh, just being in that environment, I mean, the, Mason, especially at that time, as you know, yeah. uh, the next year they ended up winning the state title and then they won three out of four from 2003 to 2006. And I believe they were in the finals all four years um, with, with uh, Coach Pittman, then transitioned to Coach Martell. But um, uh, with, with Michigan Grappler and what it's done to actively promote wrestling in Michigan, if, if you had told me 15 years ago, I mean – how it's taken off and really you get these kids from the youth level to the high school level to even the college level getting this recognition for their accomplishments and and the the opportunities that are put on there i think it's just it's it's just awesome where where it's gone i mean i know people talk about well the rankings this rankings that i'm like before that i mean how else would you know where kids were at to try and get filmed you know, you're, you're hoping that you got some connections from coaches around the state like hey who's the good kid in your area that i need to get film on yeah, yeah. And that's and that's what it used to be too. You, you really didn't. He had some some goofballs on M Live, and that was pretty much it. But, um, yeah, it's, and that actually started I think halfway through my senior year of high school. Tony started it, mm-hmm. and um, and uh, it I mean it took off like wildfire. And um, I I actually wrote for it when I was a freshman segment called Welcome to College, mm-hmm. and we just kind of it was me and I think David Johnson and Anthony. and uh you know just the guys that were at the in-state schools and just talking about what that first year was like so that was actually my first I guess column would have been like the fall of 2007 Mm -hmm. uh, or but oh my gosh man uh I so one of my questions uh that that we were talking about uh where are the intricacies of being a media person that covers the day-to-day competitions of elite high school wrestling programs the intricacies um would be just uh like that i guess just how much time it takes consuming um and i don't know that there's a way to streamline it any better but um you know i'm i guess beholden to to information so I'm, I'm constantly searching for information on track or websites or teams twitters or just trying to get all that stuff down to know what exactly happened you know what what are the results wh- who beat who you know where are we at um and then just trying to keep up with it the best you can and it's i i, I don't think people truly understand how much time that takes um but it is, I would say, maybe 25 hours a week is something that I spend doing that. Um, so it's like a, it's a nonstop thing and it, it's constant. And once that's done, we're already on to the next competition. So it's just boom, boom, boom. So trying to keep up because it's like the hardest part um, by a mile and then trying to, you know, pump out stuff with that. You know, what do I do with that information now? Um, so, ha- you know, if that one wasn't available, like it used to not be, 
it would be very difficult to get anything that's resembles accurate. And uh, so th I guess that's the biggest thing. And then the other part would on one team more than the other and, uh, you know, trying to, to cover it the best way you can. There's, there's no real book. Out. Um, you just got to try to make a decision and, and stick with it and um, move forward and, and try to spread that out across the state as best you can. Um, even though I'm, you know, posted up in Grand Rapids. So um, <laughs> I guess, I guess those are the, those are the, the two main things, but um, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit that goes into it. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, it makes sense. Um, I, I'm sure like having access to this and just, I think it makes your, um, when you're doing your previews for these tournaments, uh, makes it easier, right? When you have, when you're talking to these coaches and getting some, some information about, um, and, and watching these kids compete on, in the off season, knowing what they do and things like that, it must make it a little bit easier to construct your, um, your profiles on some of these big tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. From the profile standpoint, from the ranking standpoint, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all black and white. If you, if you beat the guy ahead of you, you're going ahead of him pretty much. Um, and uh, not, I think this guy's still better. That's, that's not something that comes into play. It's, it's, did you win? Did you lose? Did you, is there a common opponent win? And you're moving that way. But um, as far as like, you know, projecting them into college and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Just being at the tournaments and being able to, and then, um, you know, trying to keep the dialogue open with the coaches as much as you can and, um, you know, having that line of communication available. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've been around the rest wrestling world for over 20 plus years. How has it evolved, evolved over since you started wrestling as a young kid? Um, yeah, I mean, it's not even close. Uh, I think, um, you know, if you look at the youth level, um, they're were very few opportunities to compete um, nationally. And, and unless you're going to a big national tournament like Tulsa or Ohio Tournament of Champions or, you know, Freestyle Nationals or something like that, that was pretty much all there were. Um, and now there's five tournaments a weekend you can go to. And there's just so much more opportunity. And you watch these kids wrestle. And, I mean, the, the skill level of a lot of these kids that are young is – so much f more uh, further advanced than uh, than anything that w would have been around in, in 20 years, even even the best kids, you know, the, an average kid now is 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 very, very far along. And uh, I think that's because a lot of these guys go off and wrestle in college and then come back and start a club or the coach out of high school. And um, there's just more people doing that now um, mm -hmm. to pass that knowledge along. And, and the sport has really evolved from a technique standpoint and with all those opportunities to compete um you know there, there's just a lot of a lot of chances to um improve and, and build on that yeah i was um joking with one of my friends the other day i said like you know I, I was all state my senior year but i i think it's a different era like if you came through this era where you had more of these clubs you would get better quicker if that makes any sense i can remember my senior year, we had Chris Marshall, who was a, uh, I want to say a three-time All-American, All-American for Clarion, and then a two-time All-American for Central. Um, he just happened to be in Lansing, got a job in Lansing, and was running our youth program. So I had to work out with him twice a week. And let me just say, uh, for all those guys, all those kids out there, when you work out with a college All-American, uh, it's it's a grad, it's a, what's a humbling experience, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, well, but, if, if you're a high school kid and you work, it's a, it's a humbling experience. That's that's one of the things you, you learn on day one of, of college is you have no clue how to wrestle, um, no matter how good you are. So, um, But I honestly think without, like, a Chris Marshall there, you know, along with my other coaches, that, like, if, if we had something like, you know, I'm thinking of now, you know, in the Lansing area, there's Saw with, uh, with uh, yep. Nick and Andy's uh, and Ben's uh, – club there right right near downtown lansing like that probably would have been something i would have went to when i was this that age now yeah um, so so you're right i mean the, the opportunities for kids to wrestle compete and to, and to travel I, I i was talking to um i think it was mario flores about this how now like there really isn't 
you can p- throw a dart at a Michigan map and find a club within a 25, 30 mile radius of where you throw the dart. At. Yeah. You yeah, know? pretty much. I mean, it, which is awesome. There, there has to be those opportunities to, to wrestle in the off season and um, it, it can only help. Um, I think there's a lot of good people running good clubs and um, doing it for the right reasons. And, um, you know, no, no matter where you go, as, as long as you, you stick with it and you, and you stay in those programs, um, I think you can be as, as good as you want to be. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. No doubt. Well, you so, say Chris Marshall. So I actually watched Chris Marshall in 1999 at the NCAAs. And it was, really? Uh, oh, yeah. And he was he because he. He transferred to Central that year. We used to follow CMU pretty closely, and he just, like, showed up in the middle of the year. We're like, who's this guy? And, uh, yeah, then he was in the semifinals, and I think he was the two seed. He was undefeated. He lost to Schwab in overtime. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he was uh, he was unreal. Um, he really, uh, from a technique standpoint, I was a big upper body thrower, and Chris was a thrower, too, and he really redefined how I learned how to throw and how to control a two-on-one. I, I, I just remember for – I would do a two-on-one. He's like, that's not a two-on-one. This is a two-on-one. Put your shoulder there. I'm like, ah, okay, I got you. Coach Marshall, whatever you say. <laughs> um, but, but really, like, really just that one-on-one uh, really took a took a helping to me. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, hopefully one day I get to reconnect with him. I haven't seen him um, since I left Lansing 20 years ago, but um, yeah, just really thankful for, for what he was able to do there. But it, it's interesting you mentioned that my uh, my college coach, uh, Clark Bentley, had a highlight tape of the 99 NCAA uh, wrestling tournament. And there's a couple highlights of Chris. Uh, one of them is he's actually, he goes to his back and he bridges and throws the kid over <laughs> in the match. I was like, so I was like, how do you, how do you do that? Hey, he um, was, he was the talk of the tournament. He was um like in, in between sessions, he was like running around. He had like a, uh, like a rug, like remember when rugby shirts were in, he was yeah. wearing, he was wearing like a blue and orange rugby shirt and he had a Tigger bucket hat on and he was just kind of running around being a goofball and like acting like he was picking fights with Steven Neal. Um, so he got the crowd all riled up, but he was like, he was like the, one of the main attractions there. Oh man, guys, you don't they don't make them like like uh, Chris Marshall. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, sorry, I lost my thought there. I'm just imagine him with his rugby shirt and the, and the Tigger hat on. Hey, I have a picture. I got a picture with him at the trial. I'll send it to you after this. <laughs> send that to me. Um, so, um, from a, so you coach at a club. Yeah, um, I believe it's the Michigan Grappler RTC. Yep. Yep. And, and what, and you coach at the high school level. What do you say is the difference between coaching at the club level and coaching at the high school level? Um, just uh, the most basic thing is, um, you know, for the most part, the, the, the club level is you, everyone that's there wants to be there. And uh, with high school, as you know, you know, maybe you're lucky to have, you know, a half a dozen kids that want to be there and you got you to try to convince the rest of them that they, that they do want to be there. Um, so for me, like the club is a little bit, I wouldn't say more enjoyable because I, I, I love coaching the high school s- stuff too, because there's, um, there's a real true end. You're working throughout the season and you can gain a ton of ground, but, um, just trying to, you know, you know, from the club standpoint, you maybe have more of that secondary, uh, impact and, uh, you know, just try to try to guide and, and, and get the best guys together and, and training with each other, making each other better. Um, you know, kids that maybe come from high schools that don't have the, the same amount of partners or anything like that. And just trying to, to elevate, uh, you can go a little bit more in depth. So, you know, we essentially run, you know, collegiate level uh, technique and, and practices and training plans. And um, that's all from Coach Bulliard, my time with him and being able to sit on sit in on their coaches meetings and stuff like um i I learned a ton from him and then with working with his club how it kind of translated to high school so um you know from like i said on the most basic level it's you have kids that that truly want to be there and and really want to get better and uh just trying to create that environment where they can and you know where they can improve and they can be challenged and um you know again try to make a run at state titles or 
um, you know, making a state tournament if they've never been there before, just trying to get as, as, as good as they possibly can and uh, try to provide some sense of enrichment for them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. It's, it's awesome to see all these, all these clubs, your club, um, you, you got, uh, you got Aries, you got Mermidon, all these clubs right there on the West side of the state in Holland and Grand Rapids, um, saw and Lansing, you got the Rev and Highland and Bay city, um, OTA and Bay city. I mean, they're just, you know, the list of clubs that are running practices right now, if you're not taking advantage of them as a, athlete that wants to achieve your goal whether it be the make it states place as states or win a state title if you're not doing those things right now and you're not involved in the spring sport what are you exactly doing yeah exactly and you know like i said it's i'm not you don't have to come to our club if you like another club better you just put the work in um and 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 be consistent the consistent thing um and we we say that on, on day one I, I take attendance uh you know, for our club, just so I can look back on it at the end of the year. And it's, it's pretty cut and dry of, you know, the kids that attended the most do the best. And there's just a, a direct correlation between your, your attendance and your consistency and, and how you do. And, you know, the other thing is there, there's so many guys that, that are doing that. Um, so you, you almost have to, to keep up. Um, and there's a lot of momentum in West Michigan right now. There's probably 300 kids training right now in West Michigan, um, between all the clubs. So, um, be, be a part and, and build up and, and be a resource for those high school programs. Yeah, that, that's awesome. And it's, it's really nice to see, like it really is. And, and I think that wrestling in the state of Michigan has never been better. I mean, uh, with, with the talent that's coming through from the youth levels into the high school programs and things like that. So you had an opportunity as I did as a media member to be at the, the first, Girls State Finals sponsored by the MHSA. MHSA, what was that experience like? Yeah, I mean, so the the state tournament still was. Um, it, it's so it's so vast and uh, just trying to keep up with everything. Um, but I thought it was it was awesome. I thought it went about as well as it could have um, for the girls and them deserving that opportunity to to be out there on the big stage and, and front and center. And um, if, you, if you watch those finals matches, I thought all those finals matches were awesome. And, you know, to your point just a minute ago, there's some there's some really, really good girls that are coming up um, in, in middle school right now that are about to get to high school that I think are really going to, along with the ones that are already there, um, are really going to put Michigan on the map um, on the girls scene. And, you know, there's there's five or six eighth graders right now coming into high school that are like national caliber right now. Um, so it's, it's going to be awesome to follow through. It's um, you know, uh, there's, there's so much kind of blowback or there was at least, I, I don't know if there is anymore, but you know, everyone's hesitant towards it. And uh, all it takes is you got to get around one girl, you get around one um, that you see that drive. And um, I, I'm lucky enough to have three in my club right now. One, one's 11, one's 12, and one's 13 that are unbelievable. And they are um, technical. They're the hardest, you know, some of the hardest workers in the room. And it really changes um, you as a coach, I think. And you start to see they are doing everything everyone's doing, but more. They're wrestling boys at these tournaments. And when they get the chance to, to, you know, go into all girls competitions, um, they're, they're going to tear it up and, and, and they do. And, um, you know, just to see everything that's, that's on the horizon on that front at the college level and the way that that's start, starting to trend is super exciting. And, um, I just think, I just think the girls wrestling in general is, uh, is, is trending in such a, a positive way. And, um, you know, it, it's not like it, it was 10 years ago where there was a handful. There's a ton and they're pretty good and they're getting better. And uh, there's a lot of momentum. Mario Flores has done an awesome job um, kind of fostering that across the state and, and giving those girls opportunities um, to travel across the country. And um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's awesome to see. I think it's, it's only going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of, I was, I was good friends with Brent Harvey uh, who passed away five years ago. And this is kind of like his dream unfolding before our eyes with uh, girls wrestling 
being recognized at the high school level. And, um, you know, I've talked about this before. I, I was an official before I became like a coach. So I seen a lot of the really good female wrestlers coming up back then with like the CC Weppers, the Rachel McFarlands, um, Autumn Rucks, people like that, Stephanie Hampton. Um, the, the fact that, that, that they, that, they've kind of pioneered along with you can go way back to like the Lauren Wolfs or the Trisha Saunders um, that pioneered this movement. And when you watch the Olympics, I remember watching the Olympics in 2016 when Helen Morales won her Olympic gold and watching the Olympics this year with Tamara Mensa stock. Like how could you not love watching two athletes compete at the high level and technically sound wrestling? It's just I don't know, almost brings a tear to my eye. I'm about to cry thinking about, like, the emotion because remembering where it was um, four, 50 years ago and how it's slowly built to where we're at now, it's just beautiful to see well, for them have opportunities to wrestle other girls, too. Yeah, no, and again, first off, I should correct myself. I think I have 10 girls in my club now, um, but for the past year and a half, I had, I've had three that I've worked with quite a bit, but um, just this, this summer session, I've got kind of an influx more on the high school level. But to your point, um, it, it used to be a situation where it was like, um, you know, it was like a point, you know, good. They're out there, you know, they're, they're trying their best. And now it's like, if they're, it's, they're so competitive and there's so many more opportunities and it's real. Like it, it's real when they lose, it's real. When it, when they win something big, it's real. Like it means a lot. It means the same amount that it does to the guys. And if you can't, if you can't get that through, to your girls and inspire them and motivate them. That's on you as a coach, period. And you should be taking the same interest in those girls that are on your team as any other boys. Um, and that's just, that's kind of how I see it. And, you know, it, cause I've heard that complaint too. It's like, Oh, you know, they don't, they just kind of roll around in the room, you know, a team with, with a couple of guys or with, with a couple of girls on it. There's been a couple of coaches that I've heard say that. And it's like, well, that's on you. That That's your job is to motivate them and and get them you know to buy in and and try to try to be the best they can it's the same as you would with any other boys on your team if you got someone in your lineup you need to make them better that you're doing the same thing with them um so you know just like i said it's it's just i i think i think you got to go all in on, on both both sides and if you're a coach you're a coach and you're trying to make everyone better and that's that's what you do no matter who it is yeah i agree uh especially wrestling because wrestling's that sport that if you put the time in, anybody could be successful. And there's so many stories of of athletes that came to wrestling that probably wouldn't have had those opportunities to be competitive. Um, we had a three-time All-Stater out where I'm at, uh, but he actually went to Stan Sterling, Scott Suzuko. Yeah, he had one leg. Well, had one leg. Yeah. Um, obviously, Anthony Robles, we've talked about him, national champ at Arizona State with one leg. Um, Kyle Maynard, who was a state qualifier with no legs and no arms uh, at Georgia, was a round of 12 finisher at the Senior Nationals. Um, a person I've talked about a lot, Larry Powell, who's in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. He's on the Michigan School for the Blind, which um, I believe I, 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 I was talking to Dan Hutchison a couple weeks ago um, uh, at, at a podcast where we talk about the Michigan School for the Blind, where they won a state title in 61 and 63 and we're like six points away from winning one in 62. So they could have theoretically won three straight state titles. Yeah. And they, they were powerhouse. Yeah. They, they had a great one. And Larry Sakura, I want to say, was a three timer. Um, but just, uh, just the, just the opportunities that wrestling affords for people to have an opportunity to be successful. Um, it, it's no doubt. And wrestlers are kind of a different breed when it comes to, like we see a solution, we see a problem. We, we're trying to find solutions to solve the problem and not make excuses for it. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's it's okay. Here's another path. They have, um, you know, they they've got to get to it a different way, and you just try to figure out what what that path is. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, let's see, sorry, we're doing really good. What can we do as wrestling enthusiasts to promote the sport of wrestling? Um. And you see that all the time, grow the sport, whatever, this, that, and the other. And for me, the biggest thing is just, is just do something, just do something. Um, I think a lot of times in the sport, um, people, people, and I'm not, not taking shots here, but 
people will sit back and criticize and not do anything. Um, mm. And if, if you've got a better path to do it, then go do it. Go do it. If you want to get, you know, if you don't have opportunities in, in your area, bring someone in and, uh, and make it happen. Um, if you, you don't agree with the way, uh, start a tournament, start a tournament, um, you know, do something, bring a camp, bring, um, uh, you know, anything, anything that's wrestling related, bring your team down to, um, a duel, you know, a, a college duel. Um, but you got to get out and, and do it. And that's, that's the only way to do it. That's the only way to, um, kind of inspire the, the kids into, into seeing that there's more out there than, than what, what's just around uh, your local area. And you got to get out there, experience it. And I think that's how you, you grow to love the sport is to, to see the highest level of things and constantly, and it just becomes a part of your life. It becomes a part of your lifestyle, but um, you know, just to, to sit back and not do anything and then criticize is, is doing no one any good. And um, I, I give I give credit to anyone that's out there doing anything um, involved with wrestling. If you're starting a club, if you're um, running open rooms, if you're um, bringing bringing a guest clinician in, um, that's all that's all positive stuff, and it can only be beneficial. And um, you know that that's that's just I guess my two cents on it. But you got to be a doer in the sport um, as an athlete, and then on the flip side. If you're trying to grow it, how could you not have to be a doer as well? Yeah, that's a great answer. I, you know, think about all the little things, you know, the camps and things like that, bringing people in. I mean, that just makes a lot of sense. And, and you are right. There are a lot of people that want to, they feel like they can do it better, but they just like to take shots from the peanut gallery. And that's, that's one thing the sport does not need. We need more doers. We need more people. If something messes up, which is going to happen. I mean, it's the, the beauty of live competition, live practice, live camps, anything. It's never going to go exactly on script. Okay. This isn't a movie or a TV show where you can edit it down to get all the best parts. But if anything, it's about what can we do to improve things rather, rather than, well, this was suck or that suck. You know, I look at some of the, uh, the opportunities for kids to wrestle in the off season, these various tournaments. And when parents complain about certain things, that are not, there that they're that they're supposed to get or it took too long it's like okay well tell give that company or that 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 tournament director some ideas of how to streamline things to make it better because maybe you have a better um uh experience in that area trust me i as a former head coach i love to give people opportunities and jobs that i am not very strong at okay you're great at running a practice beautiful here's the practice plan go ahead and run practice all right i can deal with some of the administrative stuff you're good at announcing perfect i need you to announce this here's a script to announce so it's it we want to find people put them in places where they are going to give their best effort because that's their best expertise nobody wants to do it wrong especially when it involves kids because we also have to remember when it comes to coaching officiating it's about the kids. We're in a kid's business. Okay. I'm a teacher first and it's about the kids. It's about what can we do to make the experience great for the kids so they learn and they become better over time. Yeah, no, I agree. And you know, even like yourself with doing this podcast, you know, you, you did it. You didn't talk about it. You just did it. Right. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the same thing saying is just, you know, if, if you're, if you're really that passionate, don't sit around and wait for someone to, to do it. Just go out and do it. And, and start it and you know if, if people like it they'll they'll stick with it and if they don't then go on to the next thing but do something else yeah well said well said well jj we're at the part of the podcast that everybody loves it's kind of like the last dab in the hot one series on youtube hopefully okay. i don't get uh sued for that for a little <laughs> plug <laughs> i love that show it's really the last dab as they say um <laughs> So as, as I told you before, I started this podcast as an, as an opportunity to help coaches be able to get advice from coaches that they normally don't see or talk to, or maybe they have this perceived preconceived notion that, oh, this person's way too good for me to talk to. And, and hopefully that's, that's breaking that. But um, what is your advice to that young coach? It's like, I am ready. I'm ready to be a head coach. What are the tools that they need to be successful? Given from your experience from as an athlete, 
to a coach and being part of some really great programs? Um, surround yourself with the best people you can and constantly try to um, improve and don't be complacent. Um, I guess th- that would be like my baseline thing, but um, everywhere I've ever been has is, is been just um, a, a constant, um, I guess, constantly striving to get better and bring in more people. And uh, you can never have too many people, uh, too many good involved. Um, find the right ones and, um, you know, people that are, are bought in and, and are on the same page as you. Um, I think trust is really important. Um, surround yourself with, with good people you trust. And um, at the end of the day, um, like I said, just, just being a doer and, and going out. You know, if, if you're a, a young high school coach, you've got to get those kids as many opportunities as possible. And you might have to load up the van and take them somewhere. And you might have to call up one of these colleges. Um, they'll, they'll send a guy out to do a practice. Um, uh, I 100% guarantee you. There's especially college kids. Um, you know, you, you, the guy did not know. Oh, you can get them in the room right now. You call them up right now. They'll, they'll be in your room tomorrow. Um, you know, and it may be a little different now with the NIL. You might have to pay them a couple bucks, but, um, you know, there's, if, if you, there's not too many people that are going to say no to, to running a practice and, and helping if they have the time to do it. Um, so, you know, reach mm-hmm. out and, 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 and be open. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter who you are. There's people willing to help. And, uh, you know, for your own program, you know, keep, keep that thing loaded with, with good people who you trust and uh, who want the best things for the kids. Awesome. Well said, JJ. Well, I appreciate you being on. This is one of my, like, hey, I need to talk to JJ Johnson. I think it would be a great, and I think there's a lot of great information, great stories. Uh, it, it's just weird how, you know, wrestling's always been this six degrees of separation with Kevin Bacon, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> my foray. My one connection to Rockford initially is that I wrestled with a kid named Matt Alkins at uh, Muskegon Community College. Um, so that's my that's my one connection to Rockford. And um, and my second one is during football, uh, they would make some state semis pretty annually and host them. And you guys ran this uh, football play called the Rap Draw, I believe. Where oh, yeah, Rap Draw. Yep. Moves away <laughs> and the guy just walks into the end zone. I remember – uh, cause, cause a couple of times he scored on it. I'm right there in the concession watching. I'm like, what happened? Where'd everybody go? You know, this, like, we didn't put that, <laughs> yeah, in the that, 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 that got them, that got them to a couple state title games, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The good times, good times. Well, JJ, thank you so much. I appreciate you, uh, battling the ailments and coming on the coach <laughs> T podcast. Really appreciate it as always. And, uh, hope you feel better and take care and good luck the rest of the season. Yeah. Hey, again, I, I appreciate you having me on. And, um, you know, just like I said, just, you know, the fact that you are doing this, I think it's awesome and um, keep up the great work. And, you know, for, for everyone out there, I guess if, if you're going to take one thing away, just 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 go out and, and be a doer, you know, go 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 do it and 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 try to try to make the sport better. Don't just talk about it. Awesome. Thank you, JJ. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Coach T Podcast by my dad.